0: Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. Reading from uh, Sinclair Ferguson's To Seek and to Save, daily reflections on the road to the cross as I'm recording uh, this particular devotional. It happens to be uh, between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, so the Passion Week, and all of the events that are described in the Gospel Records Uh, Included in that, uh, 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 Pastor Ferguson is going to make a few comments here uh, from Luke 19, 1 through 10. If you have your Bible and you'd like to open up to that, I'll be reading that in just a minute and Sinclair Ferguson's comments as well. But first, uh, he has uh, included here on the opposite page uh, a hymn by Isaac Watts, uh, that amazing uh, English hymn writer and theologian uh, from the 17th and 18th century. Uh, Very well known for his hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross and uh, Joy to the World. Perhaps a little less known uh, is this hymn that Sinclair Ferguson has included here, Uh, but it's appropriate uh, given the text that we're going to read. It's called No More My God I Boast no more, and believe it or not, even though a lot of you may or may not have heard of it uh it's been published in over two hundred hymnals uh since it was first published. Watts lived from sixteen seventy four to seventeen forty eight and so all the way back then uh he's you know he's writing hymns he's he, i think he preached his first sermon at age twenty four and uh here is what uh No more, my God, I boast no more, has to say. No more, my God, I boast no more of all the duties I have done. I quit the hopes I had before to trust the merits of thy son. Now for the love I bear his name. What was my gain I count my loss. My former pride I call my shame and nail my glory. To the cross, yes, and I must and will esteem all things but loss for Jesus' sake. O may my soul be found in him and of his righteousness. Partake the best obedience of my hands dares not appear before thy throne, but faith can answer thy demands by pleading what my Lord has done four stanzas from the hymn no more my god i boast no more. Well let's see what uh, pastor Sinclair Ferguson has to say about Luke 19:1 through 10. First I'll read the verses. It's a story that some of you will be familiar with. Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And so remember he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's going to lay down his life there and uh, be nailed to a cross and pay the price for my sins and for your sins as well. Um, That's what he came to do, was to save us from our sins, to pay the price for our sins and purchase our salvation on that cross. Um, Of course, followed by his glorious resurrection, which we will celebrate uh, on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day Sunday. But here along the way, He passes through Jericho. It's about 17 miles from Jericho to Jerusalem. And uh, as he's passing through Jericho, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. So here's a Jewish man who is a tax collector. That means all of his own countrymen probably hated him. And um, because he's basically taking money from them and giving it to the occupying Roman uh, Empire and uh, he's taxing them. He has the incentive to tax uh, his own people as heavily as possible because he's required to turn a certain amount over to the Roman government, but sometimes he could keep the rest, the balance for himself, so you could see why tax collectors would have been hated by the Jews of that time. But here Jesus comes through Jericho, And there's this man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector. And he was very wealthy, we're told. But something was still missing. And that's just what makes this such a great story. Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. And that's, you know, just picture yourself at a parade, and everybody in front of you is taller than you. And it's just really hard to get a good look. And that's where Zacchaeus was. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Can you imagine Zacchaeus in the tree hearing his name as he sees Jesus coming. And I'm sure he, he he could see the man who must be this guy, Jesus, that everybody's been talking about, because everybody's listening to Jesus, and Jesus is talking as he's walking. And so it'd be obvious to pick him out. But here's Zacchaeus, a tiny man up in a tree, um, not really exactly on the you know line of sight. And yet Jesus notices him. Not only that, Jesus knows his name. And that's just amazing. So when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come on down. I must stay at your house today. And that's just had to be a mind blower too there. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. So the people that were standing around muttering and grumbling that Jesus would go to the house of a tax collector, a sinner as great as a tax collector. Hmm. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. He's just blurting this out in front of everyone, right? Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. (sighs) That's a remarkable turn of events uh, for that man, Zacchaeus. A A remarkable change of heart, a remarkable transformation in his life, all because of his encounter with Jesus. Let's see what Sinclair Ferguson has to say. Jesus' long journey to Jerusalem is now coming towards its end. Luke will soon erect some signposts on the way to tell us that the destination is almost in sight. Um, verse 11, Luke says Jesus is drawing near to Jerusalem. Um, In verse 28, uh, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. Verse 41, he drew near and he saw the city. And that's all there in Luke chapter 19. Might make a great read for you uh, if you would like. Pastor Ferguson goes on to say, now this may shed some light on the story that Luke is about to narrate. He's talking about the Zacchaeus story we just read. In some ways, it summarizes the whole of Jesus' ministry. Perhaps That is why it seems to have captured Luke's imagination. Of all the gospel authors, Luke is the one who writes like a historian. He tells us right at the start that what follows is his research project. But here we can almost imagine him as a filmmaker. He entered Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, verses 1 and 2. Do you see him there? Sinclair Ferguson asks, yeah, that little man up in the tree. Let me tell you about him. So that's not quite where the focus is. Zacchaeus is not the central figure here. This is a story about Jesus. Luke is saying, look at the picture. Yes, you see Zacchaeus, but Zacchaeus isn't looking back at you from the frame. No, Zacchaeus is looking to... Jesus. It is as if Zacchaeus is saying to us, you look at Jesus. Don't you see what he was like to me? That's just great. What was there about Jesus that made a chief tax collector want to see him, want to spend time with him in his home? Mm. In occupied Palestine, taxes were collected from the inhabitants and paid to the occupying Romans, minus the self-determined percentage made by the tax collector. A chief tax collector like Zacchaeus could take home a comfortable profit. It was hardly surprising then that he and his like were mentioned in the same breath as sinners. It was understandable that nobody would budge to let this little man get a better view of Jesus. But no doubt, even in the underworld of tax collectors, news traveled fast and wildly. One of their number had very dramatically become a disciple of Jesus. He had then thrown an, I've become a disciple of Jesus party, and invited all his friends to meet the Savior, and presumably the only friends of a tax collector were, yes, other tax collectors. No wonder Jesus' name was on the lips of the gossip mongers of the day as a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Plus, numbers of tax collectors were listening to Jesus preach. Chapter 15 tells us. And he had even told a parable about a tax collector who was counted righteous by God and a Pharisee who was not. That's in chapter 18 of Luke. So it is perhaps not surprising that Zacchaeus was intrigued, even acting completely out of character by climbing up a tree to get a better view of this Jesus. You can almost hear the catcalls of some of the people he had been fleecing. Trying to get a better view of our money bags, huh, shorty? That's St. Clair Ferguson has that in italics here, and in parentheses, what Zacchaeus could never have anticipated was seeing a pair of eyes looking right into the tree, and their owner, yes Jesus, inviting himself to Zacchaeus's house. Well, Zacchaeus became a real believer, that is a repenting believer. he was determined to go back down the road along which he had strayed from God, giving back fourfold what he owed, giving away half of his goods to the poor. And that day, we're told by Luke that salvation came to Zacchaeus's house, that Jesus came to Zacchaeus' house. Yes, Zacchaeus was hidden up the tree. Yes, he was in an unlikely place. And yes, he was an unlikely candidate for conversion. But Luke narrates all this to tell us something about Jesus. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, as it says in Luke 19, verse 10. That is just so brilliant. That was the primary mission of Jesus Christ on this planet. In this case, Jesus was seeking Zacchaeus. He knew where to look for him, and he found him. He even knew his name. And I got to tell you, folks, Jesus knows all of that about you and all of that about me as well. Sinclair Ferguson has a a little, in this book, which if you ever want to get a copy of it, you'll see that there, for those of you that are watching anyway, You'll see there are some questions there and a little place to just make a response if you want to, but the reflection questions are, are there things that have gone wrong in your life that you need to put right now that you are a believer as you walk back down the road of repentance? Hmm. That's, that's a fair enough and a good question, I think, as we have read here in this particular case, repentance looks like something. It's not just, oh shucks, I got caught. It's not just aw shucks and just simple remorse for our sin. Um, if there's something that we need to make right, um, that's that's a fool and complete repentance. Is if you're on the wrong road, as C.S. Lewis says, progress isn't a good idea. The man who makes the greatest uh, man or woman that makes the greatest progress is the one that turns around and goes back to the right road, and then begins to make progress. So uh, Ferguson's right here to say, are there things that have gone wrong in your life that you need to put right now that you're a believer? Um, What truths in this passage will help you to do that? And I know one of them, I don't know about you, but for me, as I was reading that, I'm just so struck by the fact that that story is not about the wee little man in the tree, but it's about Jesus, the Savior, walking along the rode there in Jericho knowing that man's name, calling that man to come down from the tree and in front of everybody that would have hated it, Jesus extends love, grace, mercy, and kindness to this one who would have been considered the worst of sinners by all his contemporaries and, if Jesus does that for him, Jesus does that for you and for me as well. Let's pray and give him thanks. Lord, thank you. Thank you for Zach Keys. Look forward to chatting with him when we all get home one day. But first, we just have to say thank you. Thank you for knowing our names. Thank you for knowing where we are. Thank you for keeping your eyes on us. For us, keeping us within the reach of your grace and mercy. Uh, give us the faith now that leads to repentance and, le- and, and a lifestyle of repentance over and over again, Lord, uh, that we might joyfully turn to you knowing how you, eat, you are eager to forgive. And we pray this in your blessed name. Amen and amen. This podcast is a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. Don't forget to also subscribe to one of our other podcasts, Curate's Corner with Kim Thomas. Every Friday throughout the season of Lent, join Kim as she looks at the story of Jesus' last week as told through classic art, prayers, and scriptures. You can subscribe to her podcast on all major platforms, including the Village Chapel YouTube channel, and you can find accompanying resources at lent.thevillagechapel.com. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas. Music by Phil Kege.